0: The title for today's message is Children of the King of Kings. And when I say King of Kings, I'm referring to the King, which is God the Almighty. Before we begin this study, I'd like to invite you to pray one more time. I'm going to kneel and I ask you to pray for me and for yourself as we ask the Lord to speak to us, let us pray together. Our loving Heavenly Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray that you will look upon each and every one of us here, and each and every person that is joining us, wherever they may be. We ask that you will look into our deepest needs. Look beyond the physical, the material, and look at our spiritual need, and we ask you to speak to us, that we may understand our great need of you, that we may understand our spiritual condition, that we may understand that without you, we can do nothing, that we may understand that you love us. And that you have a marvelous plan for us. Lord, I place myself in your hands and I ask that you will speak to your children. Bless me with your Holy Spirit. Bless us with the Holy Spirit that we may understand your words. And put that which you speak to us into action. And put that which you speak to us as part of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. When you consider the situation in the world, I was amazed to find out that the world is in great debt. Some have put numbers to what they consider the world's debt, and they say that the world reached a record $281 trillion at the end of 2020, this Increased because government, companies, and households raised those $24 trillion last year to offset the pandemic's economic toll. Bringing the global debt to an all-time high of $281 trillion by the end of 2020. But the end is not yet. They believe that... Because of the continuing, quote-unquote, pandemic, more borrowing will take place in 2021. But, when I say, by the way, this is from Bloomberg.com. When I say the world is in great debt, there is another debt that I'm talking about. I'm talking about the debt of gratitude that this world owes the Lord. Because each and every one of us, each and every one of us is blessed by the Lord. In Psalm 68, it says, the Lord daily loads us with benefits. And we go on in our lives unaware, ungrateful, unthankful for the things that God does for us. And I want to encourage you to open your eyes and see, feel, understand that God loves you and has done so much for you and continues to do things for you. What would it be like if the Lord says from now on, Every day for five minutes, I'm turning off the oxygen. What would it be? What would happen? What if the Lord says every day for one hour, I'm turning off my sun, S-U-N. The one that brings warmth to this earth. The one that helps things to grow. The one that helps you get that vitamin D that you need. Every day, I will turn off The sun for one hour. What would happen to this world? What would happen if the Lord says, my trees that help purify the air, they're going to take a break for a week. What would happen to this world? It would become poisonous. But it is because of God's mercy that this world continues on its course around the sun. It is because of God's mercy that the oxygen continues to be a blessing to this world. Because of the sacrifice that Jesus made. Truly, if we go back to the time when sin entered into the world. God had told Adam and Eve, you shall not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Because when you eat of this tree, you will surely die. We know the story. Satan came in, deceived Eve, used her as an instrument so that Adam would also partake of the tree. And they knew, they knew well God's words. You're going to die if you eat of this tree. And the Bible says they heard the voice of God walking in the garden. They knew it was God. Why? Because it was not the first time that God walked in the garden. God walked with them, perhaps daily. Came and spent time with Adam and Eve. We don't know. But he spent time with them. They knew it was him. And it says they realized they were naked and made some clothing out of fig leaves and hid themselves. You see, people hide from God. They think they do. They do things in the dark. They do things here and there thinking, nobody's watching what I'm doing. They think things in their mind and they think nobody knows, but God knows. And he wants to rescue us from ourselves and from the world. Adam and Eve were afraid. But God called to them. And I am happy to report they they did not continue hiding. They didn't do as Jonah, I'm getting out of here. They came out praise the Lord, to talk to the Lord. And the Lord blessed them, told them about what they were going to suffer, but the Lord blessed them with a message of hope. Let's read it in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. When you go to Genesis 3, verse 14, you realize that God is talking to the serpent, that God was Bringing a message to the serpent, but also to the evil serpent, the devil that used the animal serpent. And in verse 15, God declares, and I will put enmity between you and the woman. So the devil knew from that moment, you're in trouble. He's in trouble. I will put enmity between you and the woman. He thought, the devil, I will overcome them. I will cause them to join my rebellion against God. But the Lord announced, I will put enmity between you and the woman. Not only that, and between your seed and her seed. Those that would choose to follow the devil. And also, The demons. It says, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Talking about Jesus that would come to stomp on the serpent's head and kill the serpent, the devil. So I don't know why there is confusion in the world about the state of the dead. From the very beginning, God says, I will put an end to the devil. Amen. So... Adam and Eve thought, we're in trouble, this is going to be terrible, we're going to die, but God blessed them with good news. The devil continued his work, and I praise the Lord that he came in to stop the devil from doing further convincing of them to join his rebellion. What kind of evidence do we see that Adam and Eve decided to follow the Lord? Well, you see that they taught their children to bring sacrifices to the Lord. We don't hear Adam speaking much and Eve speaking much. But there is evidence that they followed the Lord. So the devil continued his work. And by the time, fast forward to about 4,000 years later... When the Savior of the world would come, the devil was trying to make the situation appear so hopeless. He tried to pile the sins of humanity so high that it would seem impossible to save the human race. He worked in the hearts and minds of people so that they would have no desire to know God or follow God. He brought to their minds ideas. So there were many man-made gods to take the place of the real God. And not only did man make gods out of wood and stone and metal, but he dared some—he he worked in the hearts of some people, men and women, to think that they were gods. Question, has that been... In the news, in the past so many years, do people think they are God? There are some groups that think that they can become God. This deception continues. And the Lord is aware. People that dare to, that think, I can be a God. But there's only one true God. Amen? The creator of this world. Everything else... It's created. So the devil thought to make sin a science. I'm reading to you from the book, Desire of Ages 37, page 37. It says, at the very crisis, when Satan seemed about to triumph, the Son of God came with an embassage, that's an embassy of divine grace. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Through every age, through every hour, the love of God had been exercised toward the fallen race. Notwithstanding the perversity of men, the signals of mercy had been continually exhibited. And when the fullness of time had come, the deity was glorified by pouring upon the world... A flood of healing grace that was never to be obstructed or withdrawn to the plan of salvation should be full fulfilled. Praise the Lord. So when Jesus came, he brought the light to the world that the world needed. And through him came that grace, that healing grace That is exercised to the world every second, every hour, every moment. God's healing grace is acting upon the human hearts to lead them to understand that there's danger in this world to do evil. Consider the scripture. Read it with me. Quote it with me. God wants the world to know this. For God... So loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him, what? Should not perish, that is die, but have everlasting life. This is the gift of God. So he is trying to rescue us through his son, Jesus Christ. So please stop resisting. How do you resist? You resist God by not studying the scriptures. You resist God by listening and seeing and doing the wicked things of this world. You're resisting the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is trying to woo you, draw you to the almighty God. To the better things to the things that will uplift you encourage you strengthen you and give you peace that's what God's Holy Spirit is doing every single moment do not let the devil deceive you because God is love Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 3 communicated clearly to the human race Notice, the Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you. With what kind of love? An everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. How does the Lord draw us? With loving kindness. Not with whips. Weapons. With loving kindness. Remember, the Lord daily read it in Psalm 68 loads us with benefits I would like to see a show of hands how many people here would like for the Lord to stop blessing them if you want the Lord to stop blessing you raise your hand anybody if you want the Lord to stop exercising mercy toward you raise your hand anybody Lord please no more mercy for me no more mercy Lord please no more anybody No. We want the Lord to load us with benefits. We want the Lord to have mercy upon us. And he does. Praise the Lord. Otherwise, you would be overwhelmed by the devil. You would be so harassed by the devil, so stressed by the devil, that you would want to kill yourself. But God puts this restraint upon the devil. I don't know if you've ever seen a dog that is trying to protect his place i mean i've seen those dogs have this very unhappy face i mean and they're barking and they're showing their teeth like they if i get a hold of you i'm going to tear you to pieces anybody seen a dog like that i've seen them they look ferocious And I've seen people trying to stop those dogs from coming. And he's pulling like he wants to get at you right there and then and tear you to pieces. That's like the devil would like to do. Run at you to destroy you. But God says, no, you you can't. Praise the Lord. That's God's mercy. You don't see it. You don't hear it. But he would love to tear you to pieces. So, thanks be to God for his mercy. Let's talk about the goodness of God. Notice in Galatians chapter 4, we're going to read verse 4 and 5 this time. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. We'll stop there for now. When the fullness of time, what happened? When the fullness of time had come, had come God what? Sent forth his son please understand that God has set a date for his son to come and when that time came Jesus came it could have been this way it's the time oh no they're just they're just so horrible those people down there they're just so horrible let's not do this let's change the plan let's change let's change our minds let's not do this That could have been the record, but the record says when the fullness of time had come, God sends forth his son. Praise the Lord. What mercy. What love. That is incredible. That is amazing that God fulfilled what he promised. And God fulfills his promises. God sends forth his son. And there's a miracle mentioned here born of a woman. Wait, 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 wait a minute. What do you mean born of a woman? Well, what is a woman? A woman is a divine creation of God. So be happy, ladies. You're a divine creation of God. But it says that God sent forth his son. Born of a woman. That is a miracle. That is talking about the almighty God Becoming a human being because God loves us so much. This is a miracle that we do not fully understand. Born under the law, verse 5 now, let's go there to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons and daughters. This is worthy of your meditation, contemplation, consider that Jesus came to redeem. He didn't come to punish. He will come to punish later for all those that do not accept the gift of salvation. But he came to redeem. And today we are still in the time of his redeeming love acting upon the human heart and mind. That if we accept, we will be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. God does not take vacations. Anybody here think you deserve a vacation? Do you, if you think you deserve a vacation, raise your hand. Every hand should go up. <laughs> we, deserve a va- we think we need a vacation. Do you, do you, let's put it this way. Do you think you need a vacation? A few of you, if you are happy, just keep on going the way things are. God does not take vacations. He can't. There's an emergency in the universe, there's a great battle between good and evil. He can't. You know when He will rest? When it's all over. When sin and sinners are done away. When he can finally take that deep breath and go, ah, it's over. There's a state of emergency in heaven. And among God's people, we should live, that we are living, in a great controversy between good and evil. And Satan, somehow, some way, he's trying to get to you, to persuade you, to lead you astray. In different ways, in hundreds of ways, different ways that he has devised in the, past, in the past, perfected in the past. He knows what works. He knows what doesn't work. And he tailors his temptations and his trials and his deceptions to each and every individual. He knows what works in you. And he knows that he can be frustrated and defeated when you face life's trials and temptations looking unto Jesus. And since He knows that, He tries to keep you from paying attention to God's Word. That's why there are so many things coming at you. So many things coming at you. And uh, as, as, as as important, if you want to call it, or as essential to, to, to life as you think it may become, these little smartphones, these phones, they can be a problem, can't they? They can be a problem. We need to educate ourselves, make a habit of letting that little thing that makes different sounds, not control us. We have to be in control. You can turn off these little thing. You can turn those things off. So they don't keep calling you to attention. Because there are so many things calling our attention. And not only that, you don't see it as much here. I used to live in Chicago. I mean, the, the devil's using some You would see uh, in Chicago, there are billboards and billboards and billboards. Uh, as you're driving down the street, signs on, 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 on stores. And, and it, it's bombarded daily with things. And we need to focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. Not be distracted by the things of the world that will lead us away from the Lord so that we can understand Our purpose in this world. Do you think you have a purpose in this world? You have a purpose in this world. God wants us to be a light in the world. And if you're not spending time with Jesus, that light is either not on or is very dim. It's either not on or is very dim. Spend time with Jesus. Jesus. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. So it says there that we might receive the adoption as sons. Has anybody been adopted by Jesus? Would you raise your hand? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Children of the King of Kings are here. Praise the Lord. Are there any children of the kings of kings here? Would you say amen? Amen. Amen. Children of the king of kings. And those that are children of the king of kings are aware of his presence. Notice how God tries to communicate to us our value. The value he places upon us. Luke 12, 6 and 7 says, Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins? And not one of them is Forgotten before God, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Praise the Lord. We are of of such value to God that he's daily loading us with benefits. And you know, just as the devil tailors temptations and problems... God tailors his blessings to you. God tailors things he does specially for you. And I praise the Lord that he He has his angels protecting us. Blessed be his holy name. Let's move quickly to Psalms 147, verse 4. Speaking of God, this is what he does it says, he counts the number of the stars. He calls them all by name. Praise the Lord. So consider this for a moment. God takes the time to number the hairs on your head. Question. Do you know anybody? Friends or family that has taken time to count the number of the hairs on your head? No. Why does God do it? Because he cares for you. There's a reason why he does this. Because he cares about every single fiber of you. Praise the Lord. There's a pastor that says you're the most precious thing that God has in this world. So notice he says he counts the number of the stars. Way back in, in history, somebody published that there are only... 50,000 stars, no less, no more, 50,000 stars. He had no idea. There are millions upon millions upon millions of stars. And God takes time to count them all. And he knows the characteristic of each one. Not only that, he calls them all by name. If God takes time to know the number of the stars, to know the number of the hairs on your head, do you not think He knows your name? Oh yes, He knows you by name. Look at the Bible. You see different times that angels went before people, and the angel knew the name of the person. "O oh, Daniel, thou greatly beloved, O oh, Mary, thou highly favored." He knows the name. They know the name. It's like, by the way, what is your name again? I want to make sure that I've got the right person. Because there there are millions of you here. I want to make sure I I made it to the correct place. Or is it, uh, does does so-and-so still live here? He knows everything there is to know about you. Everything there is to know about. And almost, it's, it's, a, it's a terrible thing that we have these days. You have these, these uh, unfortunate, deceived people. I could mention some names of these companies. They say they track you wherever you go on the internet. They track you. They say that these little devices, even when you don't have it activated, they can hear what you're, what you're saying. It's incredible. Now, if human beings can devise little devices or make little devices to be able to track you and do all things. Do you not think the almighty God knows where you are, how you're doing, knows your blood pressure, knows at what speed your blood is traveling through your system, knows every single thing about you and he loves you beyond your comprehension. And he wants you to be his children. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Notice now in John chapter 1. Beautiful. John chapter 1. I'm going to read verse 10 through 13. It says, speaking of Jesus, he was in the world. And the world was made through him. And the world did not know him he came to his own and unfortunately it says and his own did not receive him but as many as received him to them gave he to them he gave the right to become children of god to those who believe in his name who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of God praise the Lord so God comes in and changes things so that you're not born of of blood of flesh or the will of man you are then when you accept and when you receive him you become born of God so if you say you are children of God you are born of God and God is your father So with this this restored relationship, connection with the almighty God, understanding that he loves you, come to the Lord with confidence. That if you present your needs to him, that if you exercise faith in him, he will answer and grant your request if... It's good for you. Do you want God to answer the prayers that are good for you? Trust him. He will. Do you want God to not answer those requests that are not good for you? Sometimes we think they are, and they're not. So let's trust him that when we present our needs to him, if it's good for us, he will give it to us. If it's not good for us, he's going to be wise and loving enough to say, no, my son, no, my daughter. That's not good for you. Because if you insist, if you insist on asking, and and, I want this, Lord, I want this, Lord, I want this, Lord, I want this, Lord, Lord, I want this, please, Lord, please, Lord. You You don't want to go through the experience of the people of Israel. We want meat. We want meat. Please, I want, we want. we're tired of the manna. We've had enough of the manna. Give us some meat. And the Lord says, okay, well, if you want, you're going to have it. Was it good for them? No. So trust the Lord. All those prayer requests that you have made that the Lord didn't answer and you were a little frustrated by that and you think, why didn't God answer my prayer? It's because it wasn't good for you. Trust Him. And I have to tell you that sometimes the Lord delays so that you can continue asking and your faith can grow that you may trust Him no matter what. And I want to point something out to you here. There are some people that, yes, you have done some bad things, some terrible things, and you come to the conclusion. Based on your opinion or Satan bringing thoughts into your mind, I'm not good enough to come to the Lord. There may be some people watching on YouTube or on the Thompsonville SDA webpage. They think, I'm not good enough to come to the Lord. But listen, we just read, as many as receive him. Don't worry about, will God receive you? He's asking you to receive him. And his love for you is so great. and His mercy is so indescribable. That you can come to him as as filthy, as the worst that you think a person can become. And yet he will receive you and forgive you. I'm sure you've heard of that song. Uh, I heard this song many years ago. Is There was this this person that was in prison, and he wrote a letter, and he said, in the letter is supposed to be, there's a song after this. There's a story, a real story. And he said, uh, if you receive my letter, that uh, I will soon be free, I'm going to be passing by on the train. And if I see a yellow ribbon on the old oak tree, I will know that it's okay for me to come home and the story says that this person they have been in prison thinking okay even my mother she knows how horrible the things I've done and I went to prison for these things maybe I have it, maybe it was too much for her maybe she's not willing to accept me so as the train is passing by anticipation grows As the house is getting closer and closer. Will it be? Will that ribbon be around that tree? And the story says, and the song says, there wasn't one yellow ribbon on the tree. There was a hundred yellow ribbons on the tree. Why? Son, I love you no matter what. And this is the way God is. This story came to mind several times as I was praying and studying. And it's like, no, no, I don't, I don't think I should share that story. Maybe for Mother's Day, I should share the story. I don't know if I'm going to be speaking before you on Mother's Day. So you're going to listen to the story. <laughs> I saw this uh, documentary. And they were uh, telling uh, of these animals in, in, in the jungle, in the desert. That uh, what they do when they were going through the cycle of the year with them. And the time of drought came. And these elephants, they knew where to find water. And the story told that these elephants knew of this place where there was a hole. And they could stick their trunk in there and get water. And it showed them coming there and drinking water. Step aside, next elephant comes in, takes some water, steps aside. Next elephant comes in, takes some water. And they started to tell that the, the story uh, says that they showed things drying up, plants drying up. And, and, I mean, it was just so dry that they said the elephants are, the, the river has dried. And now the elephants are looking for water. And they went to that hole. And they showed the elephant putting the trunk in the hole. And th- when the elephant withdrew his trunk, is that what they call it, the trunk? Uh, it spit it out. I don't know if that's what they do when they let go of stuff, but it showed the elephant with the trunk releasing what was inside, and it was just dust, no water. Even that hole that was their special place was dry. So they had to walk away, keep searching for water. And they showed the elephants walking and walking, and the narrator says, They must find water or they will die. And they continue following these elephants. And the baby elephant stops. And the baby elephant falls over. Can't go any further. Tired, thirsty, dying. Can't get up anymore. Interestingly enough, all the elephants stop. It wasn't like, oh, it's just one. Let's keep going. We, we have to survive. Let's keep going. They stopped. They turned around, came to the baby elephant, went around the baby elephant, and were like making sounds to encourage the baby elephant to get up. And some would take the trunk and kind of n- nudge the elephant, and it would just move over. It didn't have enough strength to get up. And after a moment, the narrator says, they cannot stay there. They must continue their journey or they will all die. So the leader turns around and starts walking away. And the others reluctantly, one by one, start walking away. But there was one elephant that stayed with the baby for a while. And the narrator said, we don't know. This could be the mother. And the mother was there and nudged, nudged several times. And the baby elephant just could not get up. And the mother sadly had to walk away. And I tell you that because somehow the love of a mother has been compared to a mother's love. The the love of God has been compared to a mother's love. And truly... Mothers have shown great love for their children when all others have walked away. Praise the Lord. We have some mothers here like that. Amen? Amen. And even though a mother's love is so wonderful, so great, God's love is far beyond a mother's love. Greater than any mother's love. And that's why the Bible says, can a mother forget her little baby child? And the Bible says, yes, they may forget, God says, but I will not forget you. Praise the Lord. So, children of the king of kings, remember God's love for you. Let's move on to Romans chapter 8, verse 16 and 17. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Praise the Lord. So we have the Lord through his Holy Spirit Bearing witness with our spirit, our minds, telling us, you are a child of God. Believe it. Not only believe it and accept it, live like it. We have to live like children of God. We can't be in the world like the rest of the world. The children of God have to be different. Would you say amen to that? Good to say, we have to be different. We can't steal like the world steals. We can't badmouth people like the rest of the world badmouths people. We can't swear at other people like the rest of the world does. We can't tell those dirty jokes like the rest of the world tells these dirty jokes. We cannot watch the same things that the wicked world watches. We have to be different. We are God's children. And we should be preparing for the soon return of of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So please, don't, don't, don't put your roots so, so much in this world. This world is not our home. God has a better one for us. And this Savior that loves us, he, he here on this earth wants to give you that blessing, begin to experience that joy that you're going to enjoy in heaven. You can begin enjoying that here. But notice it says that if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. What does that mean? You know, I don't know if any of you have ever received an inheritance. But this means you, you, you get what your, your parents or your, whoever it was left over for you, whether it's houses or lands or money. You now, take, you now, ha, you now have that benefit. Because you are an heir, or you were put on the will, you receive an inheritance. We are joint heirs with Christ. And there's a difference in this, because God will never die. God will never die. But he is so good that you can enjoy whatever he has. (laughs) You can enjoy whatever he has because... He is more willing than earthly parents are to give good gifts to his children. Notice now, we're going back to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. And it says, And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba father amen therefore you are no longer a slave but a son and if a son then an heir of god through christ you know we have the great privilege to come before god understanding that we are his children we can say abba not saying daddy father And he considers us his children. And he loves us in such a way that he has protected us from so many things. And it says you are no longer a slave but a son. Question. What do people that are slaves do in a house? They do duties. They do what they are asked to. One, because it's their job. They are slaves and they have to. They don't necessarily have to enjoy it. They don't necessarily uh, have to have a a, a desire to do it. If they are asked to do it, uh, they will do it. Because they're going to get paid for it or because they are slaves. And God communicates to us something different. You are no longer slaves. You're not a slave of the devil. You're now children of God. Praise the Lord. And a child does things differently than a slave. A slave does it because he has to. Or he may be punished. As children, we should obey the commandments, not because we are slaves. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. We should be lovingly, we should lovingly obey his commandments. We should rejoice That God says, do this. Because when he asks us to do something, it's because it is for our good and the good of the rest of the family. Because look around, dear brother. Look around, dear sister. God has other children. You are not the only one. So God wants us to take care of one another. And by taking care of one another, we are showing the Lord that we are getting ready to join the rest of the family in heaven. So let us continue loving one another. And it could be that there are people in this church that you don't even know the name of. It's okay to once in a while forget. Today I had to say, I'm sorry, I forgot your name again. Angel. Okay, thank you very much. But we should know one another. We should pray for one another. And if there's a need among us, help one another. This church has a wonderful, what is it, women's ministries, deaconess. We've experienced it when we had our accident. And some of you have also experienced the blessing that there's a team that you, they, they cook for you. They bring you stuff. Anybody had that blessing already? They bring you food. Praise the Lord. Some of you have. God's children taking care of each other. Marvelous. So let's not fall into the deception of the enemy to try to talk bad about one another. Lie about one another. Spread rumors of one another. Let us love one another. For love is of God. And as dear children, we should love one another. And that's why we are a family. This church should be as a family, knowing each other, helping one another. And it may be that I don't know all of your names. I take fault for that. I thought of maybe we should put pictures on the wall of the first name of each person because somehow, sometimes our memory fails I don't know if you've done it. I've done it before. Uh, you know, you work at 3ABN and, and sometimes you go to places and you meet people. They tell you your name and you see them like two or three years later and they, they, they say, uh, how are you? It's good to see you again. Uh, and they start talking to you like they've been with you and spent time with you. And you're like, what in the world is their name? <laughs> I don't know if this ever happened to you. anybody. Yes, that happens. So I don't know, maybe it's a suggestion, picture and a first name. And there may be some people that don't want to participate in that. I think it would be a good idea. Anybody else with me on that? Yes. Put the first name there. And just in case, oh, I forgot the name, go to the wall. Oh, yes. Yes, that's right. Not only that, will that help? Maybe as you go there, you see the name, say, okay, I will pray for that person by name. So let us pray for one another, let us help one another, and consider this great blessing in Romans chapter 5, verse 10. Romans chapter 5, verse 10. Notice what it says there. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Praise the Lord. We, we were enemies. Before giving our lives to the Lord, we were enemies. but now, we're no longer enemies. We're children of the King of Kings. Praise the Lord. And I would like to read to you concerning this from the book Steps to Christ, page 15. It says, such love is without a parallel. Children of the heavenly king. Precious promise, theme for the most profound meditation. The matchless love of God for a world that did not love him. The thought has a subduing power upon the soul and brings the mind into captivity to the will of God. The more we study the divine character in the light of the cross, the more we see mercy, tenderness and forgiveness blended with equity and justice and the more we, we clearly the, and the more clearly we discern the innumerable evidences of a love that is infinite and a tender pity surpassing a mother's yearning sympathy for her wayward child such love has been shown to us praise be the praise be to the lord I want to move quickly to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. Notice the blessing that God gives to us. No matter what the record of the past was, God makes you new. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Praise the Lord. It doesn't say... Uh, 30% becomes new, uh, 20%. No, God says all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. And so I encourage you to put before you the knowledge, to keep before you the knowledge that you have been bought with a dear, dear price. I go back to, to 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Notice what it says. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. Has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Praise the Lord. Behold that manner of love. Consider the great love of God. Moving quickly now for 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 9 through 11. Notice what it says. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, neither Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But what has happened? But you were washed. But you were sanctified. But you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the Spirit of our God. I don't know what your past has been. Praise the Lord. I don't need to know. What I need to know is that you are a new creation in Jesus Christ. That you are a brother and a sister because you have been bought by a price. You are our child of the King of Kings. And because of this, I should not worry about what you've done in the past, but I should love you as a brother and a sister. This is what God would have us to do. Wouldn't it be interesting? If those that you don't get along with, God would say, you guys are going to live together. I don't get along with so well, Don't worry about it. You guys can live together. Learn to love one another. God would not do that. But please understand that some people say love is a choice, isn't it? Let us learn to love one another through Jesus Christ. Start looking at people through the eyes of Jesus And say, that is a person that God loves. Lord, help me to learn to love that person. You can make that a prayer in your life that you may have that joy. I am going to um, go to Luke chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. Notice this. Luke chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is Jesus talking. And he said, when we address the Father, the the God Almighty, you can say, our Father. Brothers and sisters, children of the King of kings and Lord of lords, let us cooperate with the Lord. Because he wants to continue this work of transformation in our lives. Some of us were wicked people, but God has washed and made clean in the blood of the Lamb. And we all have different faults, different issues that we're struggling with. Let us pray for one another and help one another in so much as we can. The Lord wants to transform us into his likeness. He wants to lead us to experience his mercy and his love in such a way that we will hate to do evil, He wants to implant in us a hatred for sin so that we can begin to have a taste of what it is to be a child of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I want to encourage you to allow the Lord to work in you so that he may transform you. I'm going to move to Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. And the Bible says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of, and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. So I want to encourage you. Trust in the Lord no matter what. I want to encourage you that if you see the need to say to the Lord, Lord, as a child, I have not been faithful, but I ask for your forgiveness. I ask you to help me to live my life as a child of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. If you would like to commit yourself to the Lord, I'd like to invite you to stand with me today today. To say to the Lord, Lord, perhaps I haven't been living as one of your children. Perhaps I haven't been allowing my light so shine that they may see good works hear good works, and glorify you. I want to encourage you to begin to live as a child of God. As strangers in this world. Because this world is not our final home. If there's anyone listening on YouTube... Or through any social media, and you too would like to place yourself in the hands of the Lord 100%. I encourage you to stand or pray with us to ask the Lord to transform us, to continue that work, to transform us into His likeness. God is working in our lives. Help us, uh, we, we need to ask the Lord to help us understand. That his blessings is upon us his eye is upon us he daily loads us with benefit, and the holy spirit is working in our hearts to draw us to the almighty god i'm going to kneel if it's possible for you to join me i ask you to join me kneeling if it's possible let us pray our loving heavenly father we do not fully understand the work that you want to do in each and every one of us. We do not fully understand what is at stake. And what will f- happen as we decide to do that darling evil thing. We do not fully understand the ramifications of getting into sin. But help us Lord. To love you more than anything in this world. Than any desire for evil. To love you more than any desire for gain. Than any desire for positions. Than any desire to be adored. Help us to love you more and to give up on those things. And Lord, you know that we are weak without you. You know that without you, we can do nothing. Help us to depend totally upon you. That you may work your marvelous will. That we may be more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. Help us to live as children of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Help us to understand that there is unmistakable evidence that we are living in the last days. And that Jesus Christ is coming soon. Help us, Heavenly Father, to trust you no matter what happens, to trust you no matter what we are facing. And Heavenly Father, we ask that you will forgive us for our sins and cleanse us from all evil. We pray that as we confess any evil that we have done, your mercy will be extended and that you will forgive us. We thank you that through the blood of the Lamb, we can be forgiven. We thank you that we can get up from our knees, or open our eyes and understand that we have been forgiven, cleansed by the precious blood of Jesus. We pray, Heavenly Father, that if we have not been living as children of the King of Kings, that from this moment forward, we shall. We pray that you will continue the marvelous work that you have begun. And help us to cooperate with you that it may be completed. We ask you in the holy and blessed name of Jesus.